Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I am delighted to be joined today by Maggie Palmer. Hello, Maggie. Hi, Sarah. Um, so I want to start off on a little bit of a serious note. I really um, sincerely thank you for yesterday sending me that text that said thinking of you and the little hearts on it because yesterday was the day that my mother uh, moved out of her house that she'd lived in for 55 years. And um, I'd written about it, a blog post about it. So I knew that was how you knew that date. But I really that um, really touched me that you um, sent that text to me. So thank you very much. You're welcome. You know, I try, um, I try to keep track of what everybody's going through. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've always tried to do that. But after going through something a bit traumatic myself, I, I started realizing I really remember the people who took the time, mm-hmm. you know, just to shoot you a note, let you know they're thinking about you. Mm-hmm. It is true. I think, I think, um, and, and also it's, it's kind of interesting with social media, you know, here I thought, oh, well, Maggie must know because she read about it on the blog post. And now I feel kind of like a schlub for saying that because it sounds <laughs> like you just knew that because you knew what October 2nd was. So thank you all the Well, it's on my calendar because you said that you're out of office. <laughs> <laughs> or out of pocket. Yeah. And so whenever, you know, Google Calendar, someone says, that uh, kind of makes it sound like an event, your Google Calendar goes into overdrive. And it's like, oh, I'm putting it on your calendar. So, I knew it was happening. Thank goodness. Oh oh Thank my. you, Google. Yes, yes. And but you'd already helped me because that morning I'd gone to Cycle Bar, which you turned me on to. Um, I never thought I would enjoy indoor cycling, let alone as much as I do. And um, I really appreciate it because it gives me time to think, you know, um, it's a kind of dark room and the music's quite loud. I wear earplugs and you can kind of just, I just really turn inward a lot. And, um, you know, I think a lot about my father when I'm in there. I think a lot about my friend Andrew who died earlier this year and yesterday morning, um, the class, I, um, it's the earliest day I wake up. I got over, I, the class starts at 5:45 AM. Pacific. Ooh. And so that's, um, yeah, as you know, it's a drive, quite a drive from my house and I get there 10 minutes early so I can warm up. Um, <laughs> cause otherwise I can't nail the numbers <laughs> right away. Um, <laughs> and so, but my mother was supposed to move out of the house at eight 30 approximately Eastern time. So it lined up perfectly given the time difference. So I really, you know, I, my, my butt was in and out of the seat in Tiger Oregon, but my mind and heart was definitely very much with my mother out there on the East coast. Um, so yeah, so, uh, that was, that was good. And it was a great workout. And then, um, I got, uh, gosh, our real estate, my mom's real estate agent texted me a picture this morning of my sister and mother and gosh, they both had huge smiles on their faces. It was from yesterday. And, um, it was funny. They were both kind of dressed similarly, <laughs> And, um, and my mother at 92 still colors her hair brown, which is my sister's hair color. And Your sister kind of favors her too. She most certainly I does. I like you favor your dad a bit more. Yeah, so most definitely, most definitely. So uh, you're very observant. And um, so, yes, yeah, so the real estate agent sent me, texted me a picture and said, twins. <laughs> your sister's like oh. yeah I know, right <laughs> but um but it was a very cute picture so um you know all combined I mean I actually feel better now being on the other side of the move um I was well, it was definitely waking me up at night and giving me a kind of a lot of angst particularly in those early morning hours when one is want to you know worry and fret about things um so Anyway, I'm glad to be on the, she's moved in, she's at Edge Hill, it's um, hopefully going well. So anyway. She's going to love it. She really is. Um, I think, you know, there's kind of this, 
people are a little bit nervous for these big moves and into retirement living, assisted living, you know, whatever those situations might be. But I really think things have changed so much. You know, she's going to be with friends and mm -hmm. have activities and events and not have to worry mm -hmm. about the house, especially moving into the winter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they just they have so much stuff to do. Like sometimes they just want to sneak into one and be like, hmm, what are we doing now? Right. Oh, we're going, we're in the pool this morning for <laughs> water aerobics. And, and then I'm going to sit down and have lunch and right. they know exactly what I need to be having. It's funny. And they, they take it away. They have it right. Every, the meals magically show up, sign me up for that. Gig. <laughs> yes. I'm looking at my calendar. Like, <laughs> like, you know, when you do retirement planning and my financial advisor is like, what do you want to do? Travel to Europe? Blah, blah, blah. I was like, no, there's an assisted living home down the street. Um, 55 is the age I'd like to be there. That's your finish line. Just get me there, buddy. That's the finish line. Like, I want to be there now. I drive by it with, like, you know, all the kids in the back of the minivan screaming, and I'm just like, oh. I wonder, I wonder if they're playing bingo right now. It's so funny. They have you at the place my mom is now living, Edge Hill. They have, and I'm sure it's like this at most facilities, they have um, the resident before they get there, fill out, um, an interest sheet. And, um, so there's all these check boxes and my mother left the fitness area. There wasn't a single check box there. <laughs> like, I'm like, okay. Like, nope. <laughs> Whereas my dad would have been like sweet built in pool. I don't have to get driven somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> She's like box. Oh, wine check. <laughs> Sitting on the porch doing nothing. Check. <laughs> right. 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 Oh, that's my form. <laughs> like, uh, Ma'am, you can't be here. Yeah, transference, Maggie, transference. Yeah. Um, you have to wait. <laughs> so, okay. So those kids in the back of the minivan, uh, any school year anecdotes you got to share? Uh, my son picked the trumpet. Okay. For a band. Okay. So that's been fun. Uh -huh. Like the other day I was yelling throughout the house. What is that sound? What are you doing? Like, what is dying? <laughs> I didn't know. And then he's like, I'm practicing. I'm supposed to practice for 20 minutes. I'm like, I think you're good. In 20 minutes. Off you go. Woo. How time flies when you play that trumpet, son. That was 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, well, I feel like it was five. I was like, felt like 50 to me. So let's give me the sheet to sign. Thank you. And is this the first year that he got to choose an instrument? He did. He did not make the drum line and I had nothing to do with that. I really didn't. <laughs> I did not email the teacher or anything. No, not me. Nope. Nope. Like, just let the chips Move along. Fall. Yeah. He wanted tuba and I did draw the line at tuba because he weighs like 45 pounds. Oh my gosh. So it would have crushed him. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And are you musically inclined, Bangie? I did. I played flute and piccolo. So oh. I guess I put my parents through enough with mm. piccolo. I have to This is my payback. I tried to play the flute, I believe in fourth grade, it might have been fifth grade. And I have what's called a teardrop lip, or I did at the time. Now that I think about it, it's probably receded with age. But so that meant my top lip had a little um, in the middle, it kind of dipped down a little bit. And that wasn't good, it would get in the little hole of the flute. So Oh, no, so you're more you're more of like a reed. Player, oh, my God, like Maggie, you are psychic. Yes, ma'am. Mm -hmm. I switched to trying to play oboe. There you go. See, I know I'm, I still play my flute. I have two. They're beautiful. I love them. Oh my gosh. Um, I had no idea. Yeah. yeah. And I play, well, I still have a piccolo. I don't play it because I don't want to hurt anyone. Why, why do you say piccolo is so much shorter and like sprightly? I feel like you could, you know, be in, you know, the spirit of 76 if you played the piccolo. It's very high pitched and oh. like, doo -doo 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 -doo. 
it's pretty obnoxious. It's a little, also a little, uh, now I'm having some Pied Piper um, visions come into my head. It is. Yeah. Do you want me to go get it? I can play it. <laughs> next time, Maggie, right please, here. next time. Okay. <laughs> next time on Another Mother Runner. <laughs> <laughs> Maggie plays Piccolo. Um, oh, my goodness. So, and are there any marathons there um, near you in Hudson, Ohio? They just had the Akron Marathon. Um, and it's something about the blue line, you know, mm-hmm. people are going to write to us and be like, yeah, here's what it's about. Uh-huh. I need to learn more. Okay. Um, don't be mad at me, but everybody was taking pictures of their feet on the blue line. Well, you know, and in, that, in Boston, the there's the blue line and that's what the route from Hopkinton to Boston is a blue line. So. Yeah. Maybe it's just at the start, but a ton of people in my running group did it. Um, these women around here are relentless. I mean, it's like. I'll take your 13 miles. I'll raise you 3250. <laughs> I mean, like every weekend, they're all doing amazing races. So this area is great. I just have to. I have to get into it. But um, I'll be at Cape Cod, of course. Yes. In what three weeks? In three weeks. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh, yes. Three weeks from tomorrow it starts. Yes. The 25th. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Um, so now that's funny because at first I thought like, oh, you must be excited because the Chicago marathons this weekend. And then it's like, no, Sarah, Maggie doesn't live in Chicago anymore. And I hear I'm not the only one who still sometimes thinks that you still live there. <laughs> yeah, no, I get texts like, Hey, can Dylan do a play date today after school? And it's like a friend in Chicago. <laughs> I'm like, oh, we moved. <laughs> a super close friend. <laughs> Yes, obviously. You know, I made lots of super close friends in Chicago. In all, how many months total were you there in Chicago? Oh, gosh. It was, I think, September through July. Oh, okay. You got there pretty quickly so after Port- after being in San Martin in Puerto Rico. Yeah, well, they air us to Chicago. Okay. And then I was like, I'm not leaving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is it. Yep. Done. <laughs> until, your husband took a, until your husband took a new job and you moved to Ohio. Yes. Well, it was either that or go back to the Caribbean. And I was like, "Mm." so now everyone's complaining about the weather. And I'm just like on my porch in a sweater, drinking coffee. Like, hello. (laughs) I'm by me. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm hoping it doesn't get too cold too fast here in Portland because um, I'm hoping for one final bathing suit swim in my beloved Kleinline Pond, my, my happy place on either October 13th or 14th, because I can't swim there this weekend because of going to Twin Cities Marathon to um, speak at the expo sale and have a podcast party. Um, But so Molly and I swam there. We went running four miles and then swam in the pond. And um, there were a bunch of um, people doing scuba, like training there. And Mm. um, so I talked to some of those guys and they were saying... um, at 28 feet down in that pond, it just is utterly black. Like you can't see anything. It, like in there, I guess there's a lot of silt down there at the bottom. And he says like even flashlights can't penetrate it. So whoa, yeah. What's living in your pond? Right, I know. So because be because well, that was what I asked him. I said, so what's down there? Because Molly and I always think we're going to see like some you know dead body floating up. And he's like, oh, there's nothing down there. And I was like, now they put rocks in the pockets. <laughs> you think? <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So that stays at the bottom. <laughs> you watch. Yeah. Never mind. I w- no spoilers. <laughs> I was going to say, do you watch, show. do you watch the, did you watch the miniaturist on PBS? No. Uh, oh, okay. Cause that involved. But I will now. Okay. Yeah. It was, it was the, 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 it was only three episodes and it really should have been four because it ended on a, a whimper, not a bang. 
So, but it was beautiful. It was set in Amsterdam in the late 1600s. It was gorgeous. And do you know that if you're a member of your local NPR station, you get free access to PBS.org. And so you can see all the shows on PBS. And if you're a nerd like me, you think that is mighty fine. <laughs> so, so then like sometimes when exciting. I when I travel then I'm like oh I don't want to watch Netflix or Hulu because like you know the kids will want me to watch it with them and so then I can you know indulge in my period dramas and things like that on pbs.org so just just oh, nice. yeah so so thank you you're welcome for now knowing that tip um people who are members of NPR um shout it down <laughs> yeah so all right um well our guest today is Kim Stemple a mother runner with an abundance of positivity, despite facing down a terminal illness, um, a marathon runner and a triathlete. Kim is founder of We Finish Together, a grassroots groups that passes along medals to people in need of support in challenging situations of all kinds. Kim is the inspiration behind Belega's most recent line of grit and grace enduro socks. Maggie and I will talk with Kim after this brief break. Stay with us. Kim, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. So, Kim, how did you become a runner? I've been a runner for since college, really, and then just kept through it. My son's a runner. My husband and I run together, so I coached it. It's just my thing, I guess. <laughs> yeah. My ability? I don't know. I can't. Yeah. Well, we have so many people in our tribe who... I feel like they hesitate to say I'm a runner. Some of them, they feel like they have to run a race, you know, before they can kind of um, own that title. So I'm wondering if you had the same experience or if you've just always been, you know, a runner at heart. So back in college in San Diego, because I'm kind of old, um, we took classes and, you know, PE and I was it was called jogging then. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, so. I mean, just doing it from that through, I mean, I was like track in high school and stuff, but it wasn't the same. So I went to San Diego State. So there was always something to do other than going to class. (laughs) But um, you just ran it to San Diego. It's a beautiful place to run. And so it was just natural to, to run in San Diego. So, and then married my husband and a Marine and we've moved all over. So running is just something to do any place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you mentioned your son. How old is he? 25. Nice. Nice. So Kim, I saw you described as a unicorn because you have a unique combination of illnesses. Um, can you tell us? I do. Yeah. Can you tell us about the trio? I can. The unicorn actually though came from me being a special ed teacher. Oh, okay. First. Um, I always used to tell my students who felt different and always be yourself unless you can be a unicorn. Nice. And then it became a thing. So uh, the trio is mitochondrial disease and um, a muscle disease that has only a gene number for what it has. Mm-hmm. And then I have lupus mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and when did that, um, when were they diagnosed? Like how did they manifest themselves? Uh, I was perfectly fine. I was teaching and coaching and I got a virus and the virus was the trigger for the for all of it, and it just slowly went to different things. Originally, they thought I had uh, MS, mm-hmm. and then uh, when I got to Boston, they finally figured out what I had, 
Mm-hmm. So um, my grandfather had ALS and kind of the same thing hmm. where he had a pneumonia and then triggered the ALS and that was it. Hmm. Hmm. We, uh, we read a quote from you saying that your doctors believe running is what has kept you alive. Do you absolutely. agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Uh, we talk about it all the time that whatever you find your passion or whatever you find your circumstances, you need to find what makes you happy and keeps you moving forward. Otherwise you just give up and you, you sit on that couch and you find a way to have the end come, be it whether it's being sick or a change of life situation, you, you really need to find the way. But as far as mitochondrial disease, running or activities, can help uh, stimulate the mitochondria. So I've been part of a, up until I, I was a part of a study. (laughs) Now you got got to tell us your dog's name. If if the dog's going to be part of the conversation. Her name is Grace and she's my service dog. Uh And um, she can sense the seizures and the heart rate changes. Oh, okay. All right. So um, she's a four pound, just hot mess. That's interesting. I, I've never seen a service dog, you know, one of the smaller dogs. It seems like they're always the larger dogs. Um, I had a Shih Tzu mix, and um, unfortunately, um, he was killed in a crosswalk oh. here earlier. Yeah, somebody ran a light. Oh. And Grace has been really good at it, and because she has to stay close to my heart, having a small dog works really good with that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But, I have to ask, were you with the service dog when it got hit? Like, d- did the service line kind of put itself in the line of the car? No, we were crossing. It was actually after a race, and I always go to Starbucks after a race, and it was 6.30 in the morning, and I had Grace in my arms, and Wags was on the leash. Oh. And he was maybe a step behind me, and the woman turned left and never looked. And thank God she didn't take us all out, or it wasn't a stroller. Oh. And she hit and killed wags and she did she stopped she apologized it was a momentary lapse and uh-huh. things happen oh. and so it's doing the right thing after something happens yeah yeah well, the right thing. wow so now i've just got grace oh well grace is doing a good job so thank you grace uh, <laughs> So, um, so having lived in DC, uh, you know, we don't need to tell you that the Marine Corps marathon is the end of this month and you ran that marathon three years ago, despite your doctor saying you might die during the race. So you sure proved them wrong. Um, can you share that story with us? Sure. And then I did it again. Okay. (laughs) So, um, I had just kept running because I didn't I just didn't believe that doctor. It was, I, I just can't sit on the couch and just, yeah, it does make you a little bit worse, but it also was what mentally kept me going. And so having my husband be a Marine, I always wanted to do Marine Corps. And so I trained and I did it. And then I did it for wear blue, which is for fallen soldiers. And I did it again and I've carried my soldiers to every single finish line. And that is exactly what keeps me moving forward is taking them to another finish line, including doing an Ironman 70.3 with my son. Wow. And when was that? Uh, May. What, just this past May? 
That's so, a, that's amazing. That's amazing. He, well, he carried the load. He did the swim and the bike and I did the run. Oh, sure. But you just did the half marathon run. No big. I did. It was hot and it was past my time of normal time that I can do things. But, um, we carried, you know, he, two soldiers that died together and he carried corporal, I mean, specialist winter bottoms name. And I carried hmm. corporal Toledo's name. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. I run. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you do have to brag a little bit and I don't think you're going to do it for yourself that in that 2015 Marine Corps, you set a marathon PR by two minutes and that was in the face of what that one doctor, uh, was I telling did. you. Yeah. I did. Um, I, I, I believe sometimes that we have natural abilities, I guess, and running just seems to have been mine. Uh-huh. I was also going through a light chemo treatment at the same time mm-hmm. and I don't know. Wow. I just ran. <laughs> you just ran. It was really good weather too. So. <laughs> Kim, I get the I sense that you're. You, yeah, you, I get the sense you're going to point uh, at all the other things except yourself for the reason why you ran it that race. No, honestly, it was really good weather because next time I did it, it was super hot and my time wasn't near as good. So it was good weather. <laughs> <laughs> Did you call the doctor afterwards or go to his office and say, nah, 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 nah. no, so that's my Boston doctors. Um, my, my doctors at Georgetown hospital. Um, I had transferred at that point into palliative care and they were kind of all for it. And, um, then they let me do a 50 K because wow. they thought that I could not <laughs> talk about that. And that was really bad weather. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that was kind of bad. Um, my doctors are like, just keep running. Wow. Wow. So. Um, so, okay. So as somebody who then knows the Marine Corps marathon, um, yeah. pretty well, um, do you have any pointers for folks who are listening, who are going to be running it later this month? I have to say that Marine Corps is one of the few marathons left on my bucket list. So absolutely. So Marine Corps isn't so much a race as it is an event. Mm. And what I tell everybody is not to get wrapped around your PR for that race or how fast you're going to go. And instead take it all in Mm. because it is a race or an event that's different from anything else. And don't wear headphones. Mm. One, there's lots of people in chairs. So you need to be able to hear them saying chair left. Mm -hmm. And the other is talk to people because you need to have a funny, I belonged to November project and have forever the hot year. Um, mm-hmm. I did it. They were right at the bridge and everybody was, you know, the 14th street bridge and everybody was screaming my name and jumping up and down. And as we get out onto that bridge, the, this man turns to me, he goes, do you know all those people? <laughs> and I said, yeah. And he goes, can I run with you to get across this bridge? And I'm like, sure. And so we talked our way across the bridge, you know, just because we needed each other. And if I had had on headphones or he had had on headphones, we wouldn't have had that interaction. So yeah. I, I just think you should just enjoy, enjoy the miles mm-hmm. for that race. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm, that's the, we, we need to get you a pair of Aftershocks headphones. That's the beauty. They don't sit in your ears. They work by bone conduction. Mm-hmm. So then you can hear um, and talk to people and hear music if that's what you need. And, um, yeah, yeah. And I'm an MC at, um, a few races and that's, uh, people wearing headphones drive me nuts. Cause I'm like, Oh, way to go. You really rocked that race. And you know, yeah. they, can't, they can't hear anything. And I'm like, Oh, you all need aftershock so you can hear me congratulating <laughs> you. <laughs> it is. And you know, we have the blue mile there and uh-huh. that's the other thing. And so like, if you've got headphones on going to the blue mile and things, you can't always 
take it all in. Mm-hmm. You're listening to your music and definitely for anybody that's running the Marine Corps, please take the time in the Blue Mile mm-hmm. to take it all in. Mm-hmm. So look left, you'll see me holding a flag. Mm-hmm. I'm not running this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we covered this a little bit, but in the runnersworld.com profile of you about the Marine Corps at the time, I believe it was 2015, you said it would be your last marathon. Obviously, it was not. Um, can you kind of list out the other races you've done since then? Uh, truthfully, <laughs> uh, what I tell my doctors, so I did a... Uh, you can be honest with us. <laughs> I did a 50K uh, after that, the North Face um, I like a lot of half marathons, but the North Face uh, 50K in D.C. on the trail, mm-hmm. uh, that was a one and done. Then I did Marine Corps again and uh, lots of other halves in between. Uh-huh. Um, back in, Then back in New Orleans and then some cycling, um, not races, but like charity cycling uh, miles. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, the big goal was to do Ironman with my Ironman 70.3 with my son in Chattanooga. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I did that in May. Nice. Wow. Nice. nice. (laughs) I feel like I need to go run a race or so. I do like two halves a year. It it, 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 it gets me, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I need to donate the medals. So I have to run the races to get the medals. So (laughs) yeah. I look at everything as an experience now and just when I can, I can. Yeah. So, yeah. So you, so you mentioned metal. So let's, let's talk about your um, amazing um, nonprofit called we finish together and um, Mm -hmm. tell us about how you started that in 2012, which sounds like it was a pretty dang crummy year for you health wise. So talk to us about the Genesis of we finish together where it's at today and you know what it all does. So it started just just like the story said in my hospital room. Um, it was my husband and I's 20th anniversary, and we were going to get remarried by Elvis. You know the typical runner thing. <laughs> and I couldn't travel anymore. And a friend of mine knew about it, and she had run the race and gave me the medal, and had a saying written on it, and I had it hanging there. And there were lots of people that were alone going through treatment and they thought it was me. And I'm like, well, if you like this one, I got cases of them at home. <laughs> so between my husband, my son, myself, and asked a few friends and asked a few friends and it became uh, what it is. And, and really what it is, is not me. It's everybody else. It's the little girl named Gracie in a high school that, excuse me, an elementary school that decided to do it and made, took all of her family's medals and her medals and took them to the pediatric unit where she lives and made, you know, made it her own. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it for everybody to make their own, to find the need within your own community. Because mm-hmm. I don't live in, say, Iowa, but I know that some outreach in Iowa needs it. Mm-hmm. And it takes other people taking it up to move it forward. And it's not just bringing, you know, it's not just say, okay, I just finished this half marathon. Here's my medal from it. Talk to us about what it is you um, ask people to do to their medals to to give them. So each and every medal on the ribbon, 
you put a mantra. And so say for, we just sent some to uh, both the Carolinas and it says Carolina comma together we shine. Mm. And then that was what we sent to them to some of the school kids in Carolina. So that every medal has a mantra on the ribbon and it could be your personal mantra. It could be, we use different ones for the military and then they get a hand done card. And sometimes like high school, a lot of high schools use this as a project. Hmm. Some of the kids like to make the cards and some of the kids like to, to do the medals and those, they love to put bling on them. And what started out as one medal ends up having diamonds on it <laughs> and they go to all kinds of outreaches across the United States and the world. Nice. Nice. Well, we love a good hashtag and I know that the hashtag you you've been using is hashtag metal Monday. Um, can you tell us a few standout images that um, you've seen go along with metal Monday? Today's, well, the medal today for, that's on with the high school student is kind of standout. Uh, I, for me, being military, the veterans medals mean a lot. The ones from showering with love, people just don't realize how priceless a shower and clean clothes is. And so with all of that, they also get medals. And that it, there's just so many hmm. that a lot of them are hand to hand personally. And then a lot of them go out in batches. Like we sent to Carolina mm -hmm. for the schools. Mm -hmm. I'm not familiar with the showering program that you reference. What's that? So showering with love. It's in Fort Lauderdale and the bus's name is grace actually. And it's a shower bus. And so the homeless are able to come in take a shower, have their clothes washed. Mm. And yeah, so, and then they're given a meal and they're on their way, but with the metal in hand too. Wow. So, priceless. Yeah. That, that, that program is awesome on many levels and uh, I'm glad you're able to partner with them. And we do a lot with, with kids programs too. Mm -hmm. We're doing a big one with um, children's hospital here in Virginia beach. We do it with Stand Up for Children, which is a, a homeless youth program. Mm -hmm. it's, it's just all over. And then a lot of people do it in their own hometowns with different things that, that mean things to them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I was looking at your website, and it looks like um, it's these fleets that, um, that starting mm -hmm. one of those is how people, how you like people to um, be involved with We Finish Together. Is that, is that correct? correct? And if you could kind of describe what a, a fleet is. Yeah, we kind of went with the military term. So a fleet is a bunch of ships together. And so a fleet is people working together to find outreaches within their own community. And they usually name their own fleet. The one from my race team here uses, uh, or in Virginia Beach uses Neptune's fleet because there's a big statue of Neptune. Um, they, there's people in Georgia that use the bulldog fleet. And so it just kind of, it's just, just designates where they're coming from. Gotcha. Gotcha. And how would, if, if someone listening wants to get in on the action of sharing medals, yeah. uh, can you tell them how they could get involved? Absolutely. So um, Blake Bergman star does all of that. 
for us and she would you would contact her mm -hmm. and if you have something within your own community that would be wonderful or sometimes we can help you find something within your community or you can donate you can just decorate the medals and donate them mm -hmm. however whatever suits your some people have different comfort levels they don't like to write so they'd rather have someone else write on them mm -hmm. some people like to decorate but don't know how to find something within their community so they just send the medals mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it takes every and some people are very artistic and they make beautiful cards for the medals mm -hmm. so you don't necessarily have to be an athlete to participate mm -hmm. Mm -hmm can be a whiz with a hot glue gun. Um. You, you can, and children... Can bedazzle. It, they're bedazzled. They're, some of them are very bedazzled, and the cards written by the hands of children are just as beautiful as the ones that someone calligraphies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For sure, yeah. That's probably what I would do, because if I did one, it would look like my six-year-old did it. <laughs> and then I would say, oh, she did. It's great, though. It's adorable. It teaches children young, and it gets us into the attitude of saying positive things because there's so much negative. Mm -hmm. And so it's mm -hmm. teaching children and yourself to, to write positive and to think positive things. And so mm -hmm. that's what we like about that part of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, speaking of being positive, um, Belega's latest collection of grit and grace enduro socks for women is dedicated to you because obviously you grasp the difference kind words can make. Um, there's a variety of phrases woven into the socks. We've seen kindness matters, rewrite the rules, be the spark. Did you help choose the messages? Those are my mantras. Nice. So rewrite the rules is the rules for sit on the couch and don't do anything. And I rewrote those rules. Mm -hmm. And kindness matters is how I live my life because without kindness, I never would have had the, we finished together. It was a kind act of her to give me her medal. And kindness is just really what we need to pass on more and more and be the spark because I don't like people to call me an inspiration. I, I'm not an inspiration, I'm just a person. And if I inspire you to do something, rather let me just be the spark for what you want to do to contribute to a kinder society and to make a community. Mm -hmm. So let me spark it that way. And I like that. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. So, so um, uh, you know, women can wear your words on their feet. Um, yep. I mean, what, what I'd really like to be able to do is to bottle your spark, but um, we haven't perfected that um, technology quite yet. So I know that you um, do some things to spread positive energy at a race. You already talked about helping that guy across that bridge in Marine Corps. So, you know, can you share some things that um, people could do maybe in the starting corral or with spectators in the finish area? always i always talk in the corrals like i get i'm always a little nervous before but then once i get in a corral i it could be a corral for a one mile race and i would still be nervous until i get into the corral mm -hmm. and then i always talk because look around and talk another reason to not have headphones on because there's somebody in that corral that's just as nervous and mm -hmm. i love to hear people say it's my first half marathon or things like that and so sometimes just a smile before you start a race can start your race a lot better mm -hmm. um finish shoot is always different for me depending on if i'm finishing on my feet or someone's dragging me across 
but um, I just, I love to cheer. Mm -hmm. I mean, when races have a 5K before the halves, I always go and cheer the 5Ks because there's nothing like having someone cheer you on. Mm -hmm. But always thank the volunteers mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the police officers. Yeah. Yeah. I find that sometimes catches them off guard. I oftentimes will thank a police officer who's in, you know, some intersection or something. Oh, they're like, oh, yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But if you do that lead of thanking the volunteer, the police officer, there's multiple people behind you that begin to do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's just a way to be a spark. <laughs> to be a spark, to show, you know, to lead somebody without saying, hey, you should really thank a volunteer. Yeah. So, yeah. And wear the goofiest outfit possible for throw clothes. <laughs> what have been some of the things you've worn? Um, so for the shamrock, I had cheetah pajamas from Goodwill. <laughs> and Bart, yeah, so I was like, Kim, you're not going to throw those, are you? Those are great pajamas. <laughs> so when I ran fast, I he wasn't running, and I dropped him in his little golf cart. So, and my husband, so you know he went back later to pick him up. I, well, my he was there. No, it was in his golf cart. He had him on his golf cart. And my husband, who was in a corral further back, ran past and saw my pajamas in his golf cart and was like, um, hope she's okay. <laughs> so I always get something goofy like Goodwill because most races re-donate them. Yeah. So... Uh, that's that's always my funny. And did, did Marine Corps has an ugly robe contest. No way. Your... Yeah. <laughs> have you ever you get... have you ever won it? No, I've never won it, but I have participated in it. <laughs> and so uh, every year, I you know you hit up to find the ugliest robe possible, uh -huh. and you'll look around and people have them on. <laughs> That's awesome. Because it is at yeah. our, um, we had a running retreat in Ogden, Utah um, in May. And one of the women had brought a robe um, for her, you know, to keep warm at the starting line. And I had, I had never seen somebody do that. And I just thought how brilliant it is because you don't need to pull it over your head. And, you nope. know, it's cozy. And so if you're a little nervous as well, it's cold, you know, it stops you from shaking. And yeah, yeah. And you, you just Go to your local thrift store, and then they donate it right back. Right. So just find the ugliest one possible. No, it's, it's a loop on repeat. Yeah, it is. Oh, my goodness. And do you know where you're going to be at this year's um, Marine Corps? At what mile have you picked a place yet? Oh, I'll, I'll be on the Blue Mile. Okay. So with the Wear Blue Mile. And so I will be on the... My two, so our two soldiers' pictures are on the mile, mm -hmm. and I was going to run Marine Corps this year, but I had to pull. Mm -hmm. So I will be holding a flag on the left-hand side towards the end of the Blue Mile. Okay, great. Well, uh, I know all the women listening who will be running Marine Corps will look for you, and thank you so much for joining us, Kim. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I, I really appreciate it, and I hope that everyone has a really great event. Enjoy Marine Corps. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thanks, Kim. Thank you. Well, that is one spark that's going to burn bright um, long after she's left this earth. So um, that was amazing. I know. You know, I don't know that I could do the Marine Corps marathon. I feel like it would be so emotional. I got to say that. So I have um, for a number of years wanted to do it. And I just, I mean, sometimes when I meet women at our parties or retreats or whatever who have are, you know, married to someone in the military or they themselves are in the military. I sometimes get so choked up just even saying thank you for your service 
So hearing her- I do too. I feel like I would just be a mess. I'd just be like, yeah, like everyone. I know. And then when she said, you know, that you have to, you know, pay attention because there's a lot of chairs passing you on. And I thought, oh my gosh, I might not be able to hold it together. So no, it would be, it would be so inspirational. And I know a lot of the tribe does it. So I wish everybody a great race as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I just can't wait to see pictures. Yeah. 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 So people should definitely look for her out there on the left-hand side with her, with her flag. And, um, I, I assume she still has the kind of, um, cute, choppy, short blonde haircut. Um, so, all right, well, let's hear what, uh, is going on in the train like a mother club. Hey everybody, it's Dimity here with your Train Like a Mother Club Corner. Buckle in or add, you know, another quarter mile to your run so you can listen to this one because it is from the Ultra Program. It is from Melinda, who just finished her first 50K. I won't read the whole thing, but I'll read parts of it. She says, my first 50K is in the books, September 3rd, 2018. It's called the Blazing Sevens 50K, which was in Cat Springs, Texas. I will first admit that I was very nervous going into this race. Did I train enough? Do I even remember how to run this far? The answer to both of these is yes. Thank you, Train Like a Mother program and Coach Stephanie Violet. The original plan was to drive down to the ranch where the race was, about two and a half hours from my house on Friday night to camp overnight. But life happens, and since it was a Friday night in Texas, there was a football game that my senior was dancing at with her drill team, and my eighth grader was playing with his middle school band. And as a dance teacher, I ended up having to teach country western dances to sixth graders at their cotillion. My husband and my one-man cheering section and I went with Plan B, which involved getting up at 3.30 in the morning and driving in the dark early hours so that I could pick up my packet and set up a canopy and chairs near the start and finish line. Um, The course had two different loops, and I basically did two figure eights two times, passing through the start and finish area in the middle at the end of each loop. It was a cloudy morning, mid-70s and muggy. Um, it rained on her. Um, her husband looked miserable sitting under the canopy, and apparently, which apparently had some leaks, but he gave me a kiss and sent me off after the first loop. The rain continued in the second loop. Um, and uh, then the third loop, it started getting hot, and she thought she was by herself and in the back. Um, at one point, there was a switchback, and I saw a man who was behind me. He yelled out, I thought I was the only one out here. I yelled back that I thought I, that too, um, and I thought I was last. He replied, no, but I'm probably last. Actually, neither of us were last, but there were only 38 runners in the 50K, so it did feel a little lonely. Um, and so then she hits the final loop. Um, so I had a goal to run all the runnable sections um, in the final loop, um, I actually surprised myself that I didn't really want to walk. I got a second wind on the final loop, and that felt really good. As I came through the final aid station, I saw the happy volunteers from my second loop and felt their support as I allowed myself a Dixie cup full of Coke and a full few gummy bears and a, and a sponge of cold water over my head. That was just what I needed to finish strong. I came into the finish line with a smile on my face and a spring in my step. A man at the finish line said, you look too good. You need to go do another loop. And I felt surprisingly good as well. Overall, it was a great day. I finished in seven hours and 16 minutes, which is right where I thought I would be. I was on top of my hydration um, and my calories. Uh, She felt well-prepared, and I think in the end, my race showed it. I feel like this is something I could do again. As I was running through the grass, muddy trails, and through the trees, I kept thinking, I am so happy I get to do this. 
Congratulations, Melinda. Thank you for an awesome report. And I love the last line. We all get to do this. And whether or not you're running in the mud or you've got gummy bears or it's going well or not going well, we all get to run and we all get to have many happy miles. Have a great week, friends, and I will see you next week. Bye. All right. Even though candy corn and pumpkins haven't moved aside yet for tinsel and menorahs, we have introduced the holiday gift pack in the Mother Runner store. It's everything to keep someone you love or heck yourself, listener, moving through cooler temps and inclement weather. Got a sassy limited edition long sleeve tech tee that we're not selling anywhere else but in the gift pack. Uh, you get a choice of a 10K, half marathon, or marathon traditional train plan in the Train Like a Mother Club, and then a signed copy of our third book, Tales from Another Mother Runner, all for just $85, which um, the retail of all the items range from $115 to $145. I mean, the marathon plan alone in the Talam Club, that I believe is $85. So it's like getting all the rest of the stuff for free. Um, so if you are thinking about following a Talam Club marathon plan in 2019, you should definitely buy our holiday gift pack. You should buy our holiday gift pack, regardless of whether you're planning to do that marathon or not. Um, so, um, and then here's a reason to purchase early. Maggie, you know all about this. We talked a lot about this. Um, <laughs> we did. Um, that two of the first 100 orders randomly chosen will contain a golden ticket. And that is good for registration fee for a U.S. or Canadian race of your choice up to 150 bucks. Um, some restrictions apply, such as we cannot guarantee. We can't give you an entry to New York or Chicago or other lottery style races, but um Choose a non-lottery race that's in the U.S. or Canada for up to 150 bucks. If you got that golden ticket, that registration is yours for free. So hop on over there to Mother Runner store and look for the holiday gift pack. Um, so our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy miles. 